0: Welcome to the shutdown full Oh man, I'm, I'm coming to you live from a hotel room tonight. That's so exciting when you're in a hotel room on a weeknight, and it's not because your house burned down, but because it's spring break, which is not really a holiday for adults.
1: But here we it go. is for. Hold, hold on, don't don't leave divorced adults out of this. They're people, sad, confused, horny people.
0: Well in your in your case, whenever Notre Dame is mentioned,
1: because Ryan being the most erotic Notre Dame fan. I wanna I wanna be clear. Notre Dame football. I'm not I think it would be weird and in poor taste if I said that the Notre Dame women winning a college basketball championship made me horny. So I'm not saying that. Was it awesome? Yes. Do I think we need a German word for that feeling you have when a school that you really don't like in one sport wins a championship in some completely other sport and you're okay with it, if not good with it? Yes, I do. Am I horny about it? No, I'm not. I want that out there right now. Nobody's horny. on. Nobody on this podcast is horny.
0: Speak for yourself, buddy. No, Jesus. Mean, you're, you're correct. You're correct. It's not... I'm in a Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn's not the most erotic, <laughs> not the most like erotic hotel chain,
1: you know. I mean, uh, it's a certain brand of eroticism. <laughs> okay, sure. You know
0: that's that's like that's like saying that you know that's like saying that that you know Notre Dame is a certain form of eroticism, uh-huh. and we're just randomly assigning the value to it. I don't. I don't really see the charm in a Holiday Inn, mostly because Holiday Inns are just, they're kind of old. I mean, I know they're not actually old, old, you know. Now, mind you, it's not a Ramada. I just see Ramada as like being completely, there's no romance in a Ramada, right? There's like eight of them left. They're old, they're derelict, they're sad.
1: They're all just waiting for the police to condemn them. Or something yeah
0: <laughs> that's that's there's one in atlanta that's like a a ramada that they just like put an extra a in in order to not copyright infringe and you can <laughs> some, some family just bought it and they were like i don't know man call it a call it the ramada so the ramada is definitely not a ramada
2: and that's pretty hot
0: yeah that's 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 deeply erotic you know
1: just well, that's that to me. That's like when you go to the orgy and you put a mask on, but you're so distinctive that everybody's like, "Yeah, we know it's you, Derek." Like, I don't know who you're fooling. That mask <laughs> is barely covering your face. Yeah, it's
2: it, oh, it's you. It's the guy with the orange dick. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. You put, a, you put a mask on your dick.
0: It's Derek. You know he's got the orange pecker. <laughs> I'm glad that you've managed to hang on this long in the podcast, which this is a, It's a college football podcast, which is, of course, sitting there adrift in the off season with very little to talk about football-wise. We're currently in spring practice, if that's your thing, and I definitely like spring practice because spring practice is all about um, definite statements like, everybody tried hard today. Okay, cool.
1: Cool. Or or go the complete opposite direction. Nobody on this team is ready to play. If we had to, if we had to play a game tomorrow, I wouldn't feel the team. That's how bad we are.
0: <laughs> you could do, Nick, you could do what Nick Saban did when he went off, and he's already gone off at one point. This this spring, my favorite, which is he. he somebody asked him, you know, I, I don't know, is this guy of going to start here? And he's like, oh, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. We don't know anything. You have me. You want me to get up here and tell you what I, I know what I got? I don't I don't know what we have. I don't. Why are we talking? Why are these words coming out of my mouth? Why are any of us here? Why is communication even done when it's such a futile exercise between people who mostly actually communicate between gestures and, you know, like stances, and pheromones? What What are you doing? I don't know what you're doing.
2: Yeah, spring football is very important. I feel like when we all first got into the sports media game, you know, for the first couple of years, it's like, how are we going to cover spring football? We got to do the 10 spring takes and the spring storylines and like the quarterback battles to follow. And now it's like, I look up like, Oh, spring games are happening already. I learned that because I saw a gif of Steve Spurrier trying to catch a pass in the end zone and falling onto his 70 year old hip. That was how I learned spring games are happening. And then after that, put a blog post on it and deleted spring games from my brain until the next time there's a funny GIF.
1: So there are three possible spring game stories, I think. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Number one, star player gets injured. Worst kind of spring game story, but it happens on occasion. Yeah. Um, Number two, oh, team, team that underperformed last year or that has habitually underperformed Looks great, looks dynamite, is coming out of the gate, hard charging with a multiple offense that is getting the ball in the hands of the playmakers in space and just letting them go, 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 go. We got tempo, we got pace, we got so much exciting offensive innovation. Um, And story number three is, you know, uh, made up position battle. Story number three is like, who boy, you know, a lot of these young kids, they look like they're ready to come in here and unseat the guy who won 18 games in the last two years. Yeah, I don't know. He better watch. His, he's got a target on his back. He's got a, you know, can't can't let up for a second. That 130-pound 18-year-old, uh, oh, he's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I got a feeling he could start. He could, I wouldn't be surprised to see Coach just pull something out of his ass and Start this, start this fresh young uh, minnow of a boy at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the three spring game stories.
2: Yeah, right. in- injuries is a big one. Avoiding injury is sort of, if you make it to the end of spring ball and your team doesn't have multiple injuries to players you've heard of, then congratulations, you won spring ball. Um, Wait,
1: I, I forgot a fourth. The whole town came to watch.
2: Yeah, if you and the other way you can win spring ball is if more people attend your spring game. Which, if you are just tuning in, you don't actually follow the sport. It's a pretend. It's not even football. It's a it's it's a pretend competitive event with its own scoring system that the coach made up with like three points for itiveness four points for get after it a get after itiveness. It's like, it's a, madden, like coach it's a mad it it's
1: the madden mini game they make you play but yeah, when you create a but play. without
2: any holograms. Right. Like coach walks around scoring it via megaphone and like, come on man, how many coaches are math majors? Come on, maybe I like give one.
1: you twelve you get twelve efforts for that one.
2: Yeah, you That's get, negative
1: you, three efforts.
2: You get 13, 13 swag points.
0: I'm gonna just go ahead and state you know my my theory on that. If you have a spring game where your scoring system is unduly complicated, you're doomed. You're just doomed as a coach, as a team, as a franchise. I base this solely on Jim McElwain. There were like two games where he said, I don't know, you get a purple for getting across the 30. (laughs) If I were Jim McElwain coaching the kind of offense he threw out at Florida, yeah, I'd make up math too.
1: I think you should say that you're giving out money but then come up with an acronym for it. Be like, no, it's not dollars. D is for uh, defensiveness. The O is for offensiveness. The L is for a lot of work. The, the other L is for a lot of heart. The A is for, hey, that's a good play there. The R is for right way to play. And the S is for some some team we got. So that's why I gave him $200. Don't look into it.
2: If you if you force the offense to turn over, then the whole defense gets $100. 100- Swagbucks, which are redeemable at the campus bookstore for nothing, because that is violent eh,
1: Unless you, unless you're a Florida Gator,
2: unless, unless you're a Florida Gator, in which case you don't even need swagbucks. You <laughs> just broke. Whatever currency it is, swagbucks, broke dollars,
0: broke reals, broke rubles, broke.
1: Yeah, what if he did? What if he did just give out like a, a currency that was so hyperinflated that it was worthless? If you just dig up some Italian lira, <laughs> would the NCAA get on you for that? It'd be like that's de minimis, Come on, the, old, the old Miss Spring Game
0: now handing out them Confederate bucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> dollars. The Here's a Confederate war bond
2: you just received for betraying Christ. <laughs> The the is over there trying to calculate how many nights on a couch sleep those are worth. Those those that's like a billion nights on a couch. That's that's a pretty big violation.
1: Eight nights on a couch. That's like two in a ramada.
2: <laughs> Minnesota is going to be handing out fleck
0: coin. It's the virtual <laughs> currency of the Minnesota Gophers.
2: Fleck coin.
1: It's the cryptocurrency. You don't know what our final record is until the end of the season. I don't know. I think they you. need to
2: figure out blockchain first. Oh. oh. That's, far it. That's a football term, folks. Some of you nerds might know it better as related to virtual currency. I don't really know what it means.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, we can't keep going down the Bitcoin road. Or yeah, we've just we've,
2: it, I've used up all the terminology I know.
1: Uh, have you have you ever heard two people talking about cryptocurrency? No, Just no, over, no. Overheard
2: talked in real life about <laughs> cryptocurrency. You know
1: what, I, I
2: have. If you if you do it in real life, doesn't that spoil the whole thing? It's supposed to be online, so it's like um, it, it, anonymized.
1: It's like talking about the Matrix.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've heard two people in public talking about. it. <sighs> And one, I can tell you it was at a Panera, so you know it was full of movers and shakers because you had two guys at a a Panera in, I believe this was Chattanooga. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They were killing it. They were killing it. I will tell you, both of them got the giant cookies because they understand value.
2: Damn, those things are like a half a Bitcoin each. Yeah. <laughs> you walk into Panera with a, like a Bitcoin, like, I don't know, a Bitcoin is what's it worth t- these days, like $100? Fucking, I don't know. But man, a Bitcoin, that'll get you like one meal at Panera. You can get you like one salad. Yeah. And uh,
0: these dudes, I will tell you, if I had to just guess um, whether they were fans of Tool, uh Yes. <laughs> Both, both of them were fans of the band tool. I bet, I bet they'd really, really love to talk to me about how a post they checked out on Reddit absolutely confirmed their belief in Bitcoin as being the final frontier in cryptocurrency and the libertarian uh, utopia that, that, that ultimately will happen when you, I don't know, vape and listen to Lateralis enough. Is that, that I'm, obscure I'm, enough?
1: I'm I'm so excited for some, we're probably like three years away from some coach taking a job that he like absolutely shouldn't and, and doesn't need just to pay, just cause his Bitcoin went d- completely into the basement. That's going to be when Jim Harbaugh's like, yeah, you know, uh, gonna be coaching the Orlando magic here for a little while. Uh, just, uh, gotta, gotta soften up the old, the old funds, Bitcoin didn't, uh, do what I wanted. Should have stuck to the, you know, uh, if you can't actually buy it, it's not really coin. That's what I learned.
2: I think what I'm picturing is Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott having to sell Oregon State to pay his Bitcoin
1: debts.
2: (laughs) He went all in. Like I mean, that would be so unlike the Pac-12, going all in on things it doesn't fully understand and getting up left behind and all that.
1: Technologically weak choices? I don't know.
2: Yeah, buying in on insufficient technology. So unlike the Pac-12. Yeah. Hey. 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 We, we gotta, you should know this I'm about sure. the Pac-12 that I find like the most amusing thing about it as a conference. Period.
0: Right. The Pac-12 had its
2: offices where San Francisco. Right. That is correct. Most expensive place on earth. Why not? Why not Dubai? Why not Dubai? Uh, might be cheaper. Honestly, might be cheaper.
0: Where they had their offices in San Francisco. Now look at every other conference, okay? Eh, Chicago, that's not cheap, right? Um,
1: but it's not terrible. Chicago is not like crazy terrible.
2: <laughs> where does where does the SEC have their offices? Birmingham, brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in a building they probably own. All right, right at this point, because they probably bought it for like. $83. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be fitting, though. There's no way the SEC bought that building on the level. There has to be some sort of, like, really dicey scam attached to it, like Milton McGregor gave us this land in exchange for a dog track that we had to leverage, that we had to leverage with an Alabama state legislature in exchange for season tickets and SEC championship tickets for life. Like, there has to be some sort of eight step chicanery to get the that right. building,
2: right? They got it via Dr. Pepper fraud. Yeah. <laughs> he said,
0: How did you convert eight cases of Dr. Pepper to a building?
2: Let me start right here.
1: <laughs> you have one paper Clint.
2: Yeah. Okay. They, they said South Carolina engineering degree ain't worth shit. <laughs> we showed them what's what don't <laughs> oh, go. Where's
1: where the Big Twelve is based out of Dallas, is that right?
2: I'm pretty sure they're yeah. Dallas.
1: Nobody knows, Something and like I think that. the Big Twelve. I think the Big Twelve prefers it that. Way. I think, in I think big big the Big Twelve
2: spirit it, uh, relocates once a year.
1: Yeah, I've, they're probably just run out of somebody's house. Big Twelve. The Big like, Twelve
2: is a nomadic conference.
1: The Big Twelve. Yes. Big 12. There's, there's 12. like there's got
2: to be like twelve shadow headquarters, but the real one is in Austin. No, know I was going to say like the real the,
0: the real like thing about the Big Twelve also is that they have like one employee who works on the moon right <laughs> and have one employee who's just completely remote from some extreme... yeah he he's out of Reykjavik what yeah he's in the conference don't worry about it
2: we, we don't, don't worry have a member of the family
1: don't worry is he is he out there looking for oil ah we technically we're not allowed to drill on the moon but yes no he, yes, he is a travel for
2: partner for Texas Tech <laughs> he's
1: he's just racking up his he's just racking up his frequent flyer miles his hotel points
0: can i can i tell you the the thing before we take spring games, I have two notes from spring games that I do consider worthy. First of all, Jesus. that I do. I do. No, this is important. Okay. First of all, mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, they're, they're going to have,
2: they're going to have themselves a dang concert. Now, now who did they get for their concert?
1: <clears throat> if I believe you're got-
2: bringing it up, I'm going to guess, um, Either a rapper or a country musician. It is a country musician. It's it uh, Trace
1: Atkins. Trace Atkins, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're getting Trace Atkins to, I think, add to the family atmosphere, is what they've said they want to create at the spring game. Now, I wasn't really aware of Oklahoma's reputation as having a spring game that was going to be a Bacchanal, right? Like some <laughs> Oh, it's so- filthy. Oh, <laughs> Some sort of, like, half-naked insane spring break environment in Norman. I don't hear Norman and just think like indecent and not family friendly, right? But I, I will tell you this that Oklahoma getting Trace Atkins, I'm definitely like one hundred percent thinking this is uh, this is appropriate because one, Trace Atkins has the scariest deep voice in country music. He has this like oh, super <laughs> Trace Atkins is the right Thompson of country music vocally because he sings like this. Two, uh, he did sing honky-tonk badonkadonk, which not only is it a real song that exists, you should go listen to it because if you don't think 2005 was a long time ago, oh, go listen to it. Go listen to the way it sounds and you'll go, wow, yeah, this is an entirely different era, period. Also, it's called honky-tonk badonkadonk. And three, three, um, like Trace Atkins and like Oklahoma. I don't know. Not, not really a hit since like when? The early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. We hmm. cool? made the
1: final four this year. Okay. That's yeah, cool. Cool. So did Loyola. Come on. Come on. Um, what was your other spring practice, spring game note?
0: This, that Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen, um, if you'll notice, like Dan Mullen is, uh, he's going to, you know, sorority houses where they have everyone gathered there and saying, hey, we need you to show up for the game. Cool. Cool. And then they have Dan Mullen, you know, doing a radio show and having an open practice, you know, being on Twitter, thanking people, you know, cheesing it up, doing all the PR stuff, doing simple things like, hey, you should buy some tickets. Hey, I'm, I'm Dan Mullen. I'm excited to be here. Um, this kind of would be totally normal for any other coach, except (laughs) this just makes me realize Florida's coach for the past three years didn't do this. He didn't, he didn't like go outside. He didn't talk to people. It's like when, it's like when you get out of one relationship, go into another one and you're like, wow, this person doesn't just throw their dinner plates on the floor.
1: Yeah, Jim McElwain was like, "Chili's has a to-go counter." Yes. Oh, I think we're good, you know. All right. <laughs> fajitas, fajitas, fajitas.
0: You know, damn, perfectly normal things that I, as a quasi, like you know maladjusted fan, used to like poor treatment. I- I'm astonished. He's doing things like, hey. I'm very excited about our team and this seems great. And I really like, I'm going to, I'm going to have some kids on the field and stuff. And it makes me realize that like Jim McElwain was just this inert lump. that really did. Yeah. He probably went to the Applebee's takeout counter, right? (laughs) For everything. Right. Like, Hey, aren't you excited to be here, Jim? I don't know.
1: Do I I, you guys sell toilet paper? Just, <laughs> I'm just, just kind of trying to do it all one one stop. If you please, like like that, he would be confused about basic things. Like,
0: yeah, I don't know. Why don't you go talk to the band about how they import how important they are? The band, we have a band. Wow, oh, it's crazy, crazy. Never heard of that. Yeah, I'm astonished by this. Just mildly astonished. Not like, oh man, Dan Mullen's doing like an exceptional job. No, he's doing like things that a normal coach does. He's doing a job. He's doing human things. <laughs> something, that, something that our, like, yellow-toothed mole man of a coach
2: <laughs> did not do. Oh, you're going to make fun of his, his, his orthodontist, his dentition. Yeah, I, I'm going to. He's got money. No, Michigan cleaned those up. Didn't you see the Photoshop? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> check, the, check the recruiting <laughs> graphics.
1: Which is fucked up because they were mazed to begin with. I don't know why he'd change it. Wow. Just darken him up. Give him some
0: silver, right? So it turns the skin blue. Harbaugh's,
2: <laughs> Harbaugh's going to top it by coming out with gold teeth. And McIlwain's going to realize he missed the entire wave. He should have leaned in and gone all the way. Yeah, like McIlwain would say
0: anything about that. You'd give him silver and he'd be like, well, I don't care, I'm, I'm going to go watch some film or something and wear some loafers and be a like a doof.
2: <laughs>
0: just a massive, like... Toadstool with a human.
1: So you're doing good. this Is what I'm hearing.
0: <laughs> you no, know, I'm I'm slowly coming around to the idea that you know maybe maybe things will be okay. I I, I like how um not
2: good. I didn't say good. I said okay. Well, I, I like how this adjustment to like oh the new coach is uh, totally fine and normal. <laughs> um, we're talking about the man who like loves the the uh, the tastes of Sparrow Pizza. Oh yeah, no. This, this is this is the new highfalutin yeah. culture guy.
1: But yeah, he's in Gainesville. That's fine.
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. This is right at our level. Remember, like Gainesville culturally, it's like one big open air mall, and by that I mean like a two thousand, you know, eighteen mall where you know parts of it are dead, and there's like cannibals running the Orange Julius. That's fine. That's where
1: that's where John Bramley's sword store used to be.
2: <laughs> used to be. It's still open. (laughs) What are you doing now? Of course it's still open.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so just, you know, if you have a coach who does these things, that's normal. That's considered normal after seven to eight years of being run by absolute mutants. You know, apparently there's there's a person who, put it this way, coaches are so weird and they're so unusual
2: that you can consider Dan Mullen to be normal on that curve. Right. Yeah. I mean I think you can throw Urban in there as a mutant as well. So, oh, yeah, yeah. No. so that yeah. means Dan's taking you back to the Zook year. Zook's a pretty normal guy. We've seen We've, him enjoying aquatic sports. You've eaten you've eaten a meal with him. Uh, he's
1: he, he's yelled on a fraternity front lawn before. <laughs> it's perfectly normal.
2: Bro who <laughs> exactly.
1: Again in Gainesville, that is very normal. Yeah. Everything oh. you're saying stands to reason. It's fine. Um didn't you want to talk about painful endings? Spencer?
0: I did. Be- I did because we just watched the women's final four, right?
1: Well, yeah, let's let's place a everybody- uh, right now it's Monday, uh April 2nd, <laughs> 9:57 p.m. Basketball is done for the year because Notre Dame beat uh Mississippi State in the women's college basketball national championship game. Great game. And Penn State Won the NIT, and that is all is the, the
2: basketball. Penn State is the men's champ in basketball. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everyone yep. saw it. And, and, and all, that's, all the basketball's done.
1: Um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, the Notre Dame winning two games on just killer fucking buzzer beater shots from the same person. You, it, are you saying that this is the coldest way to die?
0: Man, that second one is pretty cold. Yeah. I mean, both of them are pretty both of them are pretty cold. At least the first one had the benefit of being part of a sort of free-flowing shootout of a game. To have this ugly defensive battle that ends with somebody taking an off balance three, <laughs> falling to the side and still hitting it at the buzzer.
1: Like a well defended three when the game was tied and they didn't it's not like they needed to defend the three.
0: No. No, like they I mean it was defended as well as you possibly could defend that shot. Like short of just swatting, like short of blocking it. That's like an unreasonable ask, right? Short of that really well defended shot. And she just buries it. Just Ogamboale, I believe was her last name. Um, just, just absolutely buries the shot and forces Adam Ammon to nearly have a stroke for the second game. in like, you know, three days and, I think that's the worst way to lose. I know people will disagree with this, but, you know, go ahead, get up by 20, right? Put my body in the morgue sometime in like, you know, 75% of the way through the game so I can begin processing it. As opposed to, hey, look, 59 minutes and 58 seconds left and I'm dead. It's over, dead. There's not another second left in the clock. I'm, that was sudden. Wow, I, I'm now standing here on the field of play, bereft at my most emotionally vulnerable, and I'm in my underwear, wearing... I'm basically wearing underwear and a helmet. Great. It's fantastic.
1: Are you just narrating your life right now? I I, am. I think you got lost a little, which is fine. Again, nobody on this podcast is horny, so it's fine.
2: I'm wearing a helmet as underwear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's all that controversial of a take. I think most people would rather get just... Mm. Crushed than like to have victory yanked away at the last second. Yeah, well, because, I mean, as this a is- fan of many terrible teams, I'm here to tell you it, the the former is preferable. I've seen plenty of both,
1: but I think I think there's a subset here we're missing. Like Mississippi State led this game at halftime, but not by a ton. And going, into, I think the game was tied going into the fourth quarter, or at the very least, it was close. So. You know, there was a foul that wasn't called uh, on the turnover, I think, that prece- shortly preceded this. There were a few other plays where, like, yeah, they sort of stopped hitting shots from the field, you know, maybe didn't play defense the way they wanted to, whatever. But by and large, this was a back and forth game that ended um, in a narrow defeat. The other way this can happen is you do have that big lead and you do just sort of like bleed it, bleed it, bleed it, bleed it. And yes, at the end, it's still a close game, but here's the difference. I think in the moment, what misses what happened to Mississippi State is more painful. It is more acutely like oh, because you are caught up in you're feeling sort of both emotions simultaneously before that shot goes, and you're sort of so amped and so primed to go one extreme emotional direction or the other, but. You go, like, Mississippi State fans, when they look back on this game, what are they going to say? She made a great shot. We couldn't have defended it any better. It just happens that way. It sucks. It sucks that it, you know, doesn't seem to happen that way for the Bulldogs as often as they would like, but it happens. On the other side of this, we have our Atlanta Falcons friends at SB Nation. Most of all, Stephen Godfrey. And you know, all that they did after the Super Bowl two years ago, they just dissected every fuck up it took, because it wasn't just, you know, they hit one big pass, and that was the game. It was this fumble, it was this interception, it was this third down conversion, it was this two-point conversion. It's like, the more you have to look back on and say, if only that one thing out of 20 were different, I think the harder it is to cope with. Long term, I think that's
2: a, just a difference in the pace of the sports. Because if you were to take the basketball game and segment e- out each in, you know, each play, if like the clock stopped after each bucket or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you could say like, oh, well, this one, if that one. Um, but with football, those of us who who have, who have enjoyed the most crushing loss in sports history <laughs> have the the luxury to really wallow in each individual step of it, rather than like. You know, oh well. Then after that, you know, the ball is already racing down the other other way. No time to think. So I think, I think, I think the thing is that football is just perfectly designed for maximum misery because you are forced to. I mean, you know, in in basketball and soccer, there's no time to think about that stuff. You know, once the game's over, you look up and oh, whatever last play was. That's how I feel. But in football, you get. Every play is the last play.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, I mean, it's
2: kind of like freeze it in
0: amber, right? You're like, Oh, right there. Fourth quarter, two minutes left. Bad
2: decision. Yeah, we're done. Cooked. Least, football and, and is is like, all right, like, So they, they kind of just had the whole entire <laughs> game there on third down. Um, and now all my emotions from that particular little five second game that's stored in a file in my brain forever. Now we're moving along to fourth down for a new mental emotion file.
1: And baseball is like too slow on this. Scale. Yeah. And baseball, like your brain, your brain already forgets. Like what happened? That was days ago.
2: Yeah. The, the, the emotions just overwrite. Cause like, so you, you just end with one, which is like probably hunger. Cause you've been sitting for a long time.
1: It's like
0: the difference between a massive interstate accident, right? That's a bunch of things moving at speed happen. Really? You know, quickly, no time to think, right? Clear it, get out of the way, and like uh, a NASA accident, right? <laughs> like, oh, that flew up! Oh, god! This part was that. Oh, god! It's going to take forever to clean up, isn't it? Oh.
1: I would say that. I would say the Falcons were challenged. I agree.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, like like a NASA accident, you can timestamp it. You're like, I mean, hey, 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 it got up, didn't it?
2: <laughs> Got up there. <laughs> Got oh. up pretty high.
1: <laughs> and you're right. You're like a NASA accident. It's like, all right, well, uh, we're gonna spend the next three months figuring out what the fuck went wrong and blaming everybody possible, including people who have been long since fired. We're gonna blame them. I'm Don't just worry.
0: saying, both of them have both of them have guys in headsets looking real scared and pissed off at the same time.
1: And then Nick Foles just builds his own rocket. Look at that. (laughs) Just did it himself.
0: Oh, man. A space program based out of Philadelphia would be an incredible. (laughs) Philly Elon
2: Musk. (laughs) What are you going to do? We're going to put a Wawa on the moon. We're going to call him E. John Musk. (laughs)
0: Jokes for 12 people that I will take to the grave.
1: That's fine. Should we move on to the randomizer? Yeah. that's
0: Only to say that that in conclusion, yeah, the kick six
2: is still the worst way to lose. That's the worst goddamn to lose. It's always going to be the worst way to lose. Disagree, but we'll move on.
1: Okay, fine. Alright, so as usual, we've gone to the randomizer where you... Our loyal, devoted listeners send us things you want us to talk about and indicate either who you are or not, and sometimes lie, potentially. Like this first one um, says it's from at Trill Bollins on Twitter. I would love that this is from Trill Bollins, but I don't know if it is, and I can't prove that it is. Trill Bollins, you're always welcome on the podcast, just to be clear. Um, Number one, the non-football opinion or non-football question, topic, whatever, Fuck Pearl Jam. I am a little too young to really care about this. Uh, Jason also says you don't have any real strong Pearl Jam opinions, correct? I don't know
2: any of their songs.
1: Okay. Spencer, it's kind of on you to sort of determine whether yes, fuck Pearl Jam or no, Pearl Jam is great. Uh, I would
0: dare straddle the two and just say, yeah, Pearl Jam can be good. It's fine. It's It's all about context. I'm not really I'm not gonna get banned about Pearl jam. I'm not uh, you know because because um, I will say this if you hate Pearl jam, I think it might also be because Pearl Jam inspired a bunch of really terrible dudes who all liked girlss for like 20 years and I don't I don't really blame you for hating that for starting them uh, Pearl jam kind of hated it too. I do admire them for uh, for just not really deciding to be famous They were like, oh yeah here we're, we're not going to be famous we'll make a bunch of we'll make a bunch of weird shit also. I feel kind of positive about them because, you know, they're they're definitely about man emotions. They do. They're emotional man music, right? Which, again, if you're a woman listening to this, yeah, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing to be like, oh, Pearl Jam song makes me emotional because that's cliched. Men, men get emotional when Pearl Jam comes on. You know why? It's got a deep voice. <laughs> Not every man wants to admit that he gets emotional when, when a man with a beautiful high voice comes on. It's just it's just masculine insecurity, plain and simple. They need somebody sometimes who can just bellow at them, like a coach. Like it, That's what Eddie Vedder is. Eddie
2: Vedder is a strength coach telling you, <clears throat> oh, right? Pull it out. Let it flow. Emotion, <laughs> emotional strength coach.
0: Yeah, he's an emotional strength coach, right? I'm more interested by the second
1: part of this, which is onside right. kick tactics. Onside kick tactics. Um, if you have any, share them here. Hmm. I Number I, 1, number 1 onside kick way more than you do. We oh, don't have enough yeah. onside kicks in football. We need more of them, especially surprise onside kicks. Why not?
0: I'm a big fan of two, in particular one. I do not like the let's see if we can catch the ball immediately before it touches the hands team's hands.
1: Right. No, nope. we're trying we're trying to kick this 10.1 yards.
0: Exactly. Don't do that. That requires way too much precision. I think football's best decisions always rely on forcing someone to do something, right? Remember my favorite tactic in football is make the other person do something, force them to make a choice, right? Embarrass one person because most people, most people when put in that situation won't react well, particularly when they're on the hands team and they usually aren't in the spotlight. Instead, I like it when they point at one guy, Like, literally point at one guy and be like, he's going to have to catch this shit. And kick it as hard as you can at that guy. And chances are, he's not going to bring it down if your man has any accuracy. It's just not going to happen. My second favorite one is the onside kick where you loop it just over the wall of the hands team and recover right. behind it. That's my other one.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I like that one because it can look like just a bullshit sky kick where you're like, oh, we're going to kick it to the fullback because he's not a threat to return it. But you don't quite get it to him. But that guy touches the ball so seldom that he's, you know, he's he's being cautious. He's not, like, rushing toward the ball. And everyone's just kind of standing around. If you got a really fast guy, he might be able to s- scoot right in there and, like, turn – what was supposed to be the safest possible kick into a big play.
1: Good. We've settled it. Onside kick tactics and man feelings resolved. Um, Spencer, Jason, you can pick the next randomizer. Hmm.
0: Um, I was going to go in order and go to, for uh, Abington Alex, who, who suggests that uh, three f- favorite ways you like your eggs prepared. And um, which I, I definitely have feelings about which would be uh, over easy. That's the finest way to have them. That's followed by sunny side up and then followed by uh, your basic scrambled. I know everybody thinks scrambled basic. It's delicious. And it's harder than it looks to make it good.
1: What about, not, we're not throwing a poached egg in here at all. I mean,
0: poached egg is fine, but I can do over easy. Just like, like poached egg. It, it borders on the, like, ah, it's a, lot of work. it's a lot of work.
1: Okay. Okay. Well that I think gets to the heart of this question whether you are preparing the eggs or you are having them prepared for you. Because if I'm preparing the eggs, yes, scrambled, wholly on board for it. If I'm having the eggs prepared, like I'm out uh, having breakfast somewhere, mm, probably going to make you do something a little more interesting than that. Probably going to try at least to mix it up.
0: Uh, I'm seeing this from the practitioner's end. To me, the egg is not like something you go out for, right? Like uh, I'd go out for like, sweetbreads or blowfish because it requires some preparation to it, right? Like, I'll always order that. I'm not really... I'm not going out for, like, you know, eggs. Like, how many places do you go where you go, yeah, you know this place? They got crazy eggs. This is why they hate you at Denny's.
1: This is why they hate you at Denny's, because you roll up there and you're like, you got any fugu? Come on, man. Give me the good blowfish.
2: Well, yeah, like, the answer in Miami isn't yes. <laughs> The Miami Denny's. Goddamn, that's a scary thought. (laughs) So on the subject of eggs, I got some real Georgia shit to say. Um, I I honestly don't know if I, if you put 10 different kinds of eggs in front of me, I'd be able to tell you which one is scrambled. And man, the other ones I'd be guessing. I've, I've eaten several kinds, the kind where it's, you know, it's the white and the yellows and sloppy in the middle and all that. And they're like, I've had fancy eggs that were disgusting. Um <laughs> so I'm gonna put me down for scrambled, scrambled and then whichever one y'all think is the best.
1: <laughs> okay. Um hard boiled, yay or nay?
2: No, no, hell no. That's gross. Okay. Okay. No. I know what that one is. No, sure. Hard hard boiled's
1: fine. Well, I think the problem with hard-boiled eggs is you always feel a little bit like one of the Bond villains that you, back in the 70s, it was like, they made this character gay, and I don't know why. That feels like a really unnecessary choice. Like, that's a thing that they would have that Bond villain do. Eat a hard-boiled egg, and then make sort of a weird innuendo joke about James Bond having a huge donor.
0: (laughs) Hold on. I also think hard-boiled eggs are like a a pre-food food. You know, like it was a food from the time when they're like, hmm, this could go bad.
1: Salt tack.
0: (laughs) We should. Yeah, exactly. I got some hard boiled eggs, some salt tack. What I was going to do was just start a fire under that maple tree over there. (laughs) I'm going to leave these in an airless room. Get out my bindle. Maybe we can pickle these eggs. Pickled. (laughs) Like pickled hard boiled eggs. That's an extremely pre-refrigeration country shit
1: uh is this where you two talk about far cry 5 i'm not sure if we're doing that or not
0: i was gonna go uh, uh yeah you know i was we could take a break from that yeah we both played yeah. far cry 5 this week I, I wrote i wrote a review which is going to go up on video game blog i love that video game website it's 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 one of the best it's probably the second best polygons obviously first
2: but you know we're probably second
1: well, they have McElroy Brothers, and we have knockoff McElroy
2: Brothers. I think we're probably behind The Verge, too. We're probably also behind Recode. Ractus has probably got some good video game posts. We're, That's probably, the, we're at least the fifth best. We got better video game posts than Vox.com does.
1: 100%.
2: 100%. That. 100%. I would love to see Far Cry 5 explained. Whew, good luck with that, boy. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so like the whole the whole gimmick of the Far Cry games at least since back to 3 which was when people started playing them is you play a person who is just plopped in the middle of the craziest shit you've ever seen um, everything is deeply deeply problematic from the, uh, the the enemies the non-player characters the whole story your character being so powerful and killing all these people most of whom um, were dragged into a conflict that um, the creators of the game didn't really care all that a lot, a
1: lot of weird animal abuse going on
2: tons of weird animal abuse although in the latest one it is at least you don't have to kill animals to upgrade your character and upgrade mm-hmm. your gear and all that but it's still openly encouraged like you still have people telling you if you need some cash kill the
1: bear <laughs> like <laughs> which it's, it's already
2: encouraged
0: that's that's you
2: know pretty accurate and like, you know, consonant with American. History. Yeah, it's, it's set in Montana, which if you, if you go to Montana and you need some money, you're probably going to have to kill a bear. So.
1: I do like that. I have not played this game, but I do like that they decided like, okay, we're going to build this like weird kind of hillbilly cult, but we don't want to like make anybody too mad. So where can we set it where there just aren't that many people so that they won't get mad? They're like, Montana. And 18 people in Montana are like, i still have a PlayStation 2. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, only but, playing twisted, I'm only playing Twisted Metal. Because I don't think the government I was, should tell I'm me... I'm
2: still playing I Far can't. Cry 1. The one where you have to take <laughs> malaria pills and you're jams.
1: Yeah. yeah. I refuse to take the malaria pills because that's how the government controls your mind. <laughs> there, there's absolutely, This is what you should know
0: about the game if you are, again, in the throes of the offseason and like us. Occasionally, I like to partake of a video game or two to make the uh, time pass. Here's what you should know. You can play with a diabetic bear.
1: Named Cheeseburger, right?
0: <laughs> Named Cheeseburger. <laughs> who who wants you befriend him by feeding him fish that you have to go catch. All right? Uh, not only will Cheeseburger let you pet him, which I do all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's my friend. Uh, you can put cheeseburger, uh, you know, in your, your crew, which means that you can just point cheeseburger at people and be like, hey, yo, cheeseburger, why don't you go, why don't you go fuck them up? And cheeseburger's like, oh, <laughs> and then goes and does it. And the best part is, and it never gets old, every time you do this in the game, the people who I guess probably would have heard at some point about a bloodthirsty lunatic wandering the hills with a backpack full of stinking fish and a pet bear, right? Like they probably would have heard of him, but every time you send the bear in some enemy cultist zombie, like dude looks at it and goes, Oh, a bear. Okay. Two things. <laughs> oh, it's Montana. Not really a surprise to see a bear. Okay. Two should be kind of an established fact that there's a guy wandering the hills looking for you with a gun who has a pet bear with a cheeseburger neckerchief, right? Like, this shouldn't be the most surprising thing. And yet, every time
2: you send them in, they're like,
0: oh, how could this be happening?
2: Yeah. (laughs) I think the Far Cry series is very known for having just the stupidest bad guys possible. Like, they always put their bases at the foot of a hill with zip lines coming down to it. So that you can like snipe from atop a mountain and then zip line in to stab the last guy, and that was even before this one, where they gave you a pet bear and a pet panther and um, a like world class sniper lady and a guy flying a plane who can drop bombs. <coughs> the game is just it's 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 kind of like Grand Theft Auto and all them, where it's it's as much about the mayhem simulator element as it is about any like, yeah, the story stupid, sure. The story stupid until the very end, the, the, the very, very, very end is, um, is nicely done, but yeah, sure. Everything else is very stupid and that's what, that's what you're here for.
0: All I know is that, that it's also a game where, um, a shovel is probably the most, you have a godlike shovel. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it really is like, I mean, I I think I tweeted this out, but it really is like, like, Hey, what if, you, what if you tried to, like, start an insurrection, like a military insurrection, with just stuff you found at, like, Lowe's? It really is. Like, you can carry nine shovels. Do you know how many shovels you really need to kill, like, 20 people? One. You know how many you have? Nine. You have nine. And you can throw them at 4,000 miles an hour. I don't know what it is, but if you throw a shovel at somebody, it's like, it's like hitting them with Mjolnir. Like, they just, their spirit soars to another plane instantly. It's amazing.
1: Somewhere Lee Corso some is nodding solemnly. Like this. <laughs> used All to be, of this. Used to be the way we did it in Maryland.
0: Um, yeah, like, it's, it, the other great thing is that, um, it's my favorite toy you have, it's the simplest one, it's bait. Like, the whole, uh, the whole like, place is crawling with animals. So if you really have a bunch of dudes, uh, you know, like around a campfire or just chilling, you know, like doing drugs and being like crazy Christian Fundy fundamentalist with guns somewhere in the middle of Montana, high off their ass. The best thing to do is to get as close to them as possible, which this being a real stupid game, Jason, right, is about eight feet. You can get about eight feet from you like stand directly people. behind them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can you stand there with a bear. OK, mind you, waiting patiently. And you can just throw bait, right? And naturally, like, if you threw bait in a realistic game, right, you would throw bait, and, like, an hour later, maybe, like, one raccoon would kind of show up, like, hey, something cooking? No. In Far Cry, if you throw bait into a group of people, like, throw it into a crowd. Not only will no one notice that somebody is throwing chunks of raw meat. (laughs) Okay? Not only will they not notice, but at seconds later... 400 mountain lions will run, uh, and begin cutting them to pieces. And then at that point you just throw a Molotov cocktail in and, and yeah, the magic happens.
2: Yeah. I, I, <laughs> the, um, when you have like a bear in your party or whatever, or bear Panther, there's also a dog. I don't think we've mentioned the dog. The dog is awesome. Um, but your animal friends are like totally invisible until they start biting people in the throat. Like, you can you can tell your bear to go sit in the middle of their camp, and they won't even look at it. Whereas if, like, an actual random wild bear went in there, then, oh, it'd be on. But you can just have your bear park right in the middle until you give the signal and it starts eating everyone. But, yeah, the dog, the dog as well. I don't know if you've got the dog yet, but um, Boomer is his name, and he's a delight. He'll go fetch somebody's gun for you, um, and he'll uh, – you know, bite people in the throat again, and he's got a concealed carry
1: permit, so well, it's, it's all legal. It's
2: Montana
0: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's women, I like sure. that if you you have like this cast of characters to choose from, right? Um, which that that can help you. And my favorite thing is the menu because the menu has all of their faces in like a grid, right? And it's mostly people, and then <laughs> and then like mixed in with the people, you'll see like cheeseburger <laughs> headshot of cheeseburger. Like he's got an
2: HR file, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to hire. Guy, you got to hire. <laughs> and assign him to one of your buttons. So like you have to Ooh, actually
1: cheese cheeseburger. Gotta have you fill out a W nine. Come on, yeah. buddy.
2: Hey, Hey cheeseburger. We're sneaking up on the camp. Here's what, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to, what we're going to do. <laughs> and you walk them through the whole playbook. You got it. No, you are gonna get it.
1: As as you're walking up, oh, cheeseburger, don't forget your flex account. You've got (laughs) to incur those costs by April 15th, but you have until June to to submit the receipts. Remember, it's a use it or lose it kind of deal there.
0: We have an issue with someone in the office taking lunches out of the fridge. (laughs) And by that, I mean ripping the fridge open and devouring everything in it in about 15 minutes every single day. And we
2: don't know who it is. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, the Twitter thread of the week. <laughs> yeah, that's the, exactly the lady who threw away the shrimp, shrimp rice, whatever it was. It was actually cheeseburger. It was yeah, no, it was it was completely cheeseburger. By the
0: way, cheeseburger also just disappears for four months a year. It's very very problematic. Just disappears and is evidently sleeping.
1: Um, let's do the other half of uh, Abington Alex's question. How many years until we see a 70-yard field goal made? I don't
2: think that's far off. I really don't. Kiffin tried it in an NFL game.
0: He did. And who did he he try it with? He tried it with somebody who
2: Seabass. Seabass himself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Sebastian Janikowski who hit a 70 yarder in high school. So I
1: don't I don't think it's
0: far off, man. I really
1: don't. But the problem is that you're only going to see it with a certain kind of coach because some coaches won't even kick fucking 50-yard field goals. They're too worried about missing it and losing field position. And So you're going to need the right coach in the right situation with the right kicker. It kind of feels odd that we haven't had it already, to be honest.
0: I mean... This is, it is, you need the right coach. So that means it can't ever really happen at a super major program, right?
1: Right, right.
0: Like it really, really can't. Now, please do remember in 2015, right? In practice, mind you, all right? Texas's kicker, Nick Rose, hit an 80-yard field goal in practice, 80, now I'm sure, I'm sure he had a robust wind. Okay. But he still kicked a field goal from the 30 yard line, his own 30 yard line. Right. So if that's happening in practice and you get somebody who's properly motivated and you get like a top, I don't know, like a top 15 kicker, somebody who was like kind of off the map. I don't know. In a game where stuff might not mean a lot and maybe you're up by 20 or 30 points do you bring someone out to try that? I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Situationally, the thing the thing that's rare is the situation, not whether the kicker can hit from 70, right?
2: Well, I think the, um, yeah, I think that's the main thing. Like, it's, there's almost no situation where you want to do that. Because if you miss, then they're in easy field goal range. But, like, I mean, I think there is a um, an actual physical element to it. Because, like, if you're kicking it that far, it's not going to have any, trajectory to it at all you're kicking a line drive and that's pretty blockable you know like like the kicks that i feel like the kicks we see blocked are usually those those long bombs where they got to go you know you got to kick it hard not high
1: so what you're saying is 70 yard surprise field goal attempt they think oh it's second and 12 and they're <clears throat> who's that wide receiver never seen him boom Line up and field goal. Seventy yard with, drop
2: kick. Do 70
1: it. Seventy yard drop kick field goal. Um, it's too perfect. We won't. And the other reason we won't see it is to go all the way back. Every time now that somebody tries to kick a long field goal, especially in a close game, all college football fans are going, "Oh, we got to watch for the kick six here." We're so smart. We're so. Oh, but you, you know, he's gonna he's gonna drop a man back there, and you got to watch out because he can hurt it back for a touchdown.
0: That would be, you know, we were talking about worst ways to lose a game. <laughs> if you lost on a seventy-yard field goal, which <laughs> oh, side? Like if, if they hit a seventy-yard field goal, I would I would chew up my own teeth and spit them out on the
1: <laughs> Oh, whatever! I'd be fucking thrilled. I think that was amazing. If that's how we lost, I, I would think that was absolutely amazing. If Florida lost on a seventy-yard field goal. <laughs> Just because that's some shit you've never seen.
0: Actually, I would. You know, the only time I would laugh at that is if Auburn beat us with a, a seventy-yard field goal.
1: Auburn will beat Florida. Wins, <laughs> I don't know the next time Auburn plays Florida, they will kick a seventy-yard field goal to win the game.
0: Let me check. And Josh out.
1: Black will probably have it commemoratized in some sort of bronze statue and sent to your house,
0: dude. If, if Auburn beat us with a seventy-yard field goal, I'd get a back tat of it.
1: I'd go to Auburn for a year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, we have a couple of anonymous ones to go through. Um, Cowards. Let's see. We have a, uh, Let's see. No, it says no ID. It's the producer. <laughs> that's, that's actually what I thought first. And then I also read it as Noid. As the oh, the, the, the same pizza guy. mascot.
1: Same Most guy. Person.
0: Yep. Uh, but I prefer, <laughs> I prefer going with no ID as producer. Um, okay, I, he's very so. curious about college football. Um, and particularly, I guess, about this, which is um, not college football related, but sure, seems like a relevant question for somebody living in New York or the New York metropolitan area, whether it's smart and or reasonable to distill alcohol in your backyard in a crowded city.
1: No,
0: Nope. Nope. OK, why not? So sell me on why not? Because I like bad ideas.
1: Because explosions. Because explosions is one. Because, two, if you live in a crowded city, alcohol is available to you, and it's not that hard. So, like, why are you doing this in the first place? It's kind of like urban chicken farmers. It's like, man, we got eggs. Stop, chill the fuck out. Walk down the street and buy the eggs. It's not, you're, what are you playing at here? Um, And most importantly, because you will almost certainly be doing this just to talk about it, and you're going to talk about it somewhere where somebody's like, Yup, I'm a cop. I'm checking that out. 100%. It is the dumbest reason to lose your security deposit and potentially be unable to find an apartment in the city ever again. Although you will, yeah, you'll probably find a landlord who's like, Yeah, it's fine.
2: I don't know. If, if you get kicked out of the city, then that's good because you don't have to live in New York City anymore.
0: Is it smart and or reasonable? I say no. Should you do it? It's your journey. I I really can't. I can't choose your character. I can't make your moves, man. Spirit says, if the spirit says make spirits, I'm not going to fight you on this. However, I will point out that if my great, great uncle got caught with a still somewhere in the woods of East Tennessee, (laughs) (laughs) which did you, you, you probably get your ass caught in like Chicago. It's just, I just, I just see that happening. So, good luck is what I have to tell you. Good
2: luck.
1: I believe in you. Also, if you do do this, let me know. I
2: would yeah. like to try.
1: Bring that shine. <laughs> um, Alright, next, also from Noid. Tiger is back, baby! Tiger is back.
0: Tiger, tiger back. back.
1: Tiger, tiger back. I think
0: we're tiger all back. unanimous. Tiger back.
1: Tiger back. Nobody was horny on this podcast, but we mentioned Tiger. Yes, he's horny
0: yep horny but 100%. you know what if if we if we do missionary we're going to go gentle because we want we want to keep the back intact we want them to do well for the masters so be gentle with tigers. is what we're saying
2: well yeah it's got to go four whole days so
0: got to go four whole days and those glutes have to fire so let's not waste that anywhere
1: um on the other side of this is the football question. Pitt's chances to have a good season. No oh, question there. No question. mark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so aroused
1: right now. Um, yeah, I think, I think Pitt is hoping to have like a good tire st- tiger scorecard and that's six and six. Just come in low. Don't get crazy with it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll look to see who Pitt plays this year. Um, this is not to be clear. This is not our pit preview, but um, they open the year oh with Albany. That's fun. Uh, beyond that, they play Penn State. I think that's at Heinz Field. They've got Georgia Tech. They've got Syracuse. It's it's an okay schedule. Um, although they do have non conference road dates at UCF and Notre Dame. Oh, why? So yeah, boy,
0: that's that's some. How'd you pick that? How did, how, did, how
1: did you? How did you end up with that? Well, here's what's going to happen: either they're going to beat UCF and UCF will be five and seven next year, so nobody will give a shit, or they'll lose to UCF and Pitt will be five and seven, and nobody will give a shit. Yeah. There's no, there's no circumstance where this win is meaningful for the other team.
2: UCF's going to roll up at 12 and 0, and they're going to say, "Yeah, but you got to play Pitt."
1: Yeah, but you had uh, Pitt on schedule. When is
0: when is when is a when is a mostly mediocre Pitt team most dangerous?
2: Mm. Man, I wish Pitt UCF was at the end of the year, so it'd be like 11-0 UCF at number five in the playoff rankings. They just got to finish this thing out, and then we can all argue for 12 more. Oh, no. Oh, no,
1: the ghost of Dave (laughs) Watson.
0: I mean, I I know how this goes, okay? I'm not even going to look at the rest of the schedule. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to tell you how the last four games go, okay? Because they got to go to Virginia, and at this point, it'll be like, hey, you know what? Pitt's playing pretty well. Loss. Loss. All right? Complete, disappointing, dismal, inexplicable loss in Charlottesville, okay? Then they get Virginia Tech at home. Ah, they're going to play a pretty game, man. Lose by a field goal. That's how that happens, all right? Then to complete this kid at Wake Forest. Man, we should be able to beat Wake. Nope. Nope. Some, some ghastly, like like, eight to three game. Right? To just give Wake the win. Then finally they're gonna play Miami. I don't know, man. Miami could be like undefeated at this point. Maybe one loss, looking good. Got all kinds of aspirations. It's in Miami. It's in Coral Gables. Pitt wins.
2: There's no way like if they lose those three and they roll into Miami, no way Pitt doesn't pull a pit. They're That's like it. the um they're like the suit in Black Panther. The more damage they take, the more powerful they get. <laughs> well exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also
1: I also like that on the Pit Football site when they're talking about the Notre Dame game, they do say this is the first time they visit South Bend since 2012, when they lost 29-26 in triple overtime to the eventual BCS runner-up. All of those things are true and they're just dripping in like hidden meaning. Just like, oh the eventual BCS runner-up, do tell. What is I was it close? <laughs>
2: It didn't go to triple overtime. I'll tell you that much. No,
1: it did not. Um, also, yeah, that game was bullshit, as I recall. So that's fun. Also, 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 Pitt has won thirteen of the last sixteen games against Syracuse. Goddamn Syracuse! There are children. There are there are children out here with driver's licenses that are like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Pitt owns us. You
2: know, you know, people are watching these games, right?
1: <laughs> that's not necessarily that- true. <laughs>
2: I'm going to take that to mean Syracuse is constantly in the national title hunt, (laughs) constantly being wrecked by Pitt. (laughs) That's, that's it. This is,
0: this is my favorite. Like, like, by the way, also like, what do I want from a Pitt quarterback? Right. Uh, I kind of want him to be like, I don't know, sort of vaguely replaceable. Right. Yeah. I want to be scrappy. I think you need injury averse. Indefinitely. Can he hand off real well? Right. Does he occasionally roll out and make a pass? He has no business making, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can he pick it, man?
2: Can he pick it?
1: Do you think Pitt erased Nathan Peterman's records from their books at this (laughs) point?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, man. That's an NFL starter. (laughs) They're putting him on the recruiting materials. (laughs) Come to Pitt and start for the Bills.
1: (laughs) Is that a threat?
0: <laughs> that's what I'd go into that Virginia Tech game thing. I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you, you got what Tyrod Taylor has the last starter You put, yeah. Guess what? Get, guess who he lost out to? That's right. Nathan Peterman lost his job. God,
1: to. God, I would love if Pitt and Virginia Tech created a traveling trophy that was just like a laminated copy of the Bills depth chart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nobody wants to touch. It. But look directly uh, like at it. It's like the arc Like uh, I don't know. Don't look in there.
1: Tyra Taylor, I know you're a brown now, but I don't want to acknowledge that.
0: You um, better. Let's see. I want to go to uh let's see. We're we're off of we're off of Noid, no ID. Thank you for the hot tracks. I wanted to finish up with Frank. Um, Frank's got two real important questions. One, what is Sean Connery's best movie? You mean besides Zardoz?
1: <laughs> That's his best costume. That's different.
0: One hundred percent his best costume. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. Hold on. If you're at work, Google image search Zardoz, Sean Connery.
2: Do it on your work computer.
1: But only if you're at work. Okay, thank you. Continue.
2: Yeah, you've just been fired. Do it on your (laughs) best computer.
1: Do it? Alright, if you're giving a presentation at work, and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, you're going to get fired anyway. Second of all, pause the podcast, pause the presentation, Put up on that big, beautiful screen, Google image search, Sean Connery, Zardoz, Z-A-R-D-O-Z.
0: We need that to be our, our discount for any podcast ad reads,
2: right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: discount code Use Zardoz. offer
1: code Zardoz. Go to
2: bojangles.com slash Zardoz.
1: Zaxby's like, how did we miss out on this? <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, I, if I had to actually consider what the best Sean Connery, my favorite Sean Connery role, uh, it's last crusade.
1: It is, it is unexpectedly playful. Um, and it's a good sort of like late career turn for him. I think that was like the second or third to last movie he did. Um, it is his best. I, I do enjoy that role. I don't think it's the movie he did that I enjoyed the most. I will. I will ride with Hunt for Red October there.
0: Mm, that's a
1: solid pick. I just never get tired of watching it. Never get tired of watching it. I don't know why. It's just. It's just a good. I think it's hard to make a, a submarine movie that is all that interesting because. It just doesn't film that well And like all the spaces are tight And most submarine movies are about like Oh we're probably gonna drown It's like well yeah you're on a submarine It feels like that was obvious um, But I do really like The Hunt for Red October
2: Put me down for The Rock
1: Great choice
0: <laughs> that Great be, choice That may be the one where I think he phones it in With the most glee Like I'm yeah. being paid for this I can't believe <laughs> You want me to say this line Fine welcome
1: to The Rock the other choice, um, the other choice, if you just want the uh, the ludicrousness of him pronouncing his character's name, is of course the '80s classic Highlander, in which Sean Connery, not attempting to do any kind of accent whatsoever because he can't, and Hunt for Red October is proof of that as well. It's not like he ever is speaking in a Russian accent. It's just Sean fucking Connery um, <clears throat> plays a character with this name. Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Does this character say his own name when he introduces himself in Sean Connery's voice? Yes, he does. Go YouTube that. It's fucking amazing.
2: Also, this character was born in Egypt.
1: That's your sauce. Wow. That.
2: And currently lives in um Scotland. Cincinnati. Wow. Via Spain. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing
1: um, and then the last question from Frank with? what teams will have a breakout year and have an outside chance of making the playoffs I'm not I'm not gonna pretend to know this right now uh, here I'll just pick a team out of my ass um, uh, Pitt. there we go there it's pit
0: um, I, I was gonna go um, I was actually gonna go with Washington
1: Sure, I don't know if it's a breakout year when they made the playoffs two seasons ago. I mean, but okay. did they? Day. They did. It, their their appearance would have been respectable by Big Ten standards.
2: That's true. They they were, they were a few too many points by Big Ten standards. Put me down for TCU. I pick TCU in this spot every year. I'll I'll ride it.
0: Okay, That's so you, so you want a breakout year? You don't want somebody. Yeah. who... We, okay, so. So I'm not going to be able to bank on recent credit. I need somebody who's going to rock it in from mediocrity. Um, and you want them back in, back in the high life.
2: So Purdue, speak. Purdue,
1: boom here, there's mine,
2: Texas AM, because we know they're winning a title by 2099.
1: Promises have been made.
2: Damn. That's, that, that's some impressive shit. Um, man, I,
0: I was just going through these and I'm like, do we dare make the, the, the wager um, that, you know, we've been waiting on? Do we dare assume that somebody might theoretically fill a spot in um, in their trophy case that's, that's infamously empty? Hell, that Virginia,
1: Te- Virginia Tech?
0: Let's roll. Come on. Yeah, fine. What, Virginia great. Tech.
1: Great. I love it. I think that's a great, I love that option. I think it's fantastic. I would, I would be thrilled if Virginia Tech made the playoff. Um, can we end with something? I know we usually just end the podcast out of nowhere, but I do want to end it in a bit of a formal way, because I have a request, if that's okay with the two of you. By all Um, means. Um, so I want to try something, uh, I just want to try something. I just want to see how this goes. I think this is a good test sample podcast for this, because it's pretty football light. You had to listen to Pitt's schedule, but by the time you got to the, like, that was well into it. If you, if you listen and subscribe to this podcast, this is what I would like you to do. I would like you to send it to somebody that you are positive does not listen to this podcast whatsoever. They're probably going to tell you to fuck off. They already have 18 podcasts to listen to, and they're better than this one. And that's fine. But if you do get Total Strangers, who are unfamiliar with us and this sad brand of entertainment that we peddle, please, I would like to see like a text screenshot or a Google chat screenshot or an email, something. I just want, I I, I don't need them to like get in on the long haul. I just want you to sort of be our market testers out there. Send these to people who don't know what this is and get their reaction. I just I'm just curious. This isn't for any like meaningful long-term purpose. I just want to know how people who have no reason to like this actually don't. I just want to confirm that for myself.
2: And once you do send those in, we will send you 100 swag bucks.